Hello, and welcome to another Soul Story podcast. I am Gandhi Thompson, and I'm very happy to have with me today none other than my brother in the Lord, Brother Anton Cunningham. Anton, welcome. Thank you for having me, Gandhi. It's a pleasure. Anton, we are going to be continuing our prayer series where we've been looking at different scriptures in the Bible and just, you know, sharing about how these prayers are used today, how these prayers impact us. And today we're going to be looking at a very familiar text. But before we go there, I want to just ask you a very general question. How important do you think prayer is in the life of the believer? Well, I would definitely say that prayer should be the lifeline of a believer. It's the only way that we can talk to God and to hear him talk back to us. Um, I can't see anybody being in a relationship with anybody if they don't have a strong line of communication with them. So definitely, if you call yourself a believer, your prayer life should be active. Yes, and I and I agree. And, and as Christians, I mean, how else do we communicate to God if, if we don't, you know, pursue an active prayer life? And, and, you know, there are people that acknowledge that sometimes... Worship is an act of prayer because worship is us crying out to the Lord and also opening our spirits to receive from the Lord. And as a worship leader, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, definitely, definitely. I always tell other worship leaders that if you don't have an active prayer life, you should not even attempt to lead worship because you have to be able to hear from God and you have to ask God to reveal his mind to you regarding the service, where the service is and where the service needs to go, Um, particularly if you're put in a spot um, during um, the service, like if you're just before the message, you need to be able to elevate the service from one level to the next. And the only way you can do that, you have to be in tune with God. And how can that happen unless you are praying on a daily basis and asking him to direct you so that you would know exactly what he wants for that service at that time. And not only just for a service on Sunday morning, but the the life of a worshiper should be centered around prayer. You should always be hearing from God. Even um, Not even just the worship leader, but persons that are on the team, even the musicians. Um, if you are in ministry daily, God should be depositing in you even new songs on a daily basis, and all of those things are birthed from sessions of prayer. Yeah, that is, that is good, Anton, because, you know, a lot of people... Um they don't understand the preparation, the behind the scene pr- preparation that worship leaders, you know, have to, have to go through. They don't understand that you guys have to stay prostrate before the Lord if you are going to come to us and lead us to a place that you've been yes. in his presence. And so that really is powerful that as a worship leader that you can speak to the fact that prayer is is fundamental yes. to the worship leader's life. Yes. And, and so one of the reasons I'm really drawn to prayer is that Jesus himself prayed to the Father. You know, he was <laughs> he was God, but when he came to earth, he still maintained that relationship with, yes. with the Father by communicating to him. And it talks about him, you know, getting up early or it talks about him going to a secret place or a, a special place away from the other disciples. So it's, it, it just reminds us that prayer 
we are no none of us is exempt from prayer. Not the no. worship leader, not the pastor, not the teacher. Uh, we're all we all should be prayer warriors. Yes, we yes. all are part <laughs> of this prayer army as it relates to God. And as we talk about Jesus Himself praying, I um tonight today we're going to discuss the one of the key prayers that I think many of us could resonate with. You know, there's not much that we know in terms of what all God, what all Jesus would say when he prayed to his father. We have some examples, but this prayer, this prayer particularly, we all, I think, can connect with. And it is the prayer that he would have said when he was on the cross. And we all know that he was crucified for our sake. And in Matthew 27, when we come down to verse 46, after spending some time on the cross, the scripture reads, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out loud with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. This is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Brother Antoine, have you in your young years <laughs> or at any point feel as if you could resonate with that space that Jesus must have been in to have said this prayer? Well, Gandhi, I, I have been in a few spots <laughs> in my life. It wasn't just one, but I can definitely pinpoint um, one over the other. But the thing that gets me about this area of Scripture is the fact that you said it earlier that he was God. And there he was feeling this way and expressing this. And that always got me because I'm like, how could he be saying that he's forsaking himself? You know, and I, oh, but it tells me that even though he was all God, he also took on the likeness of man. And that's why in the book of Corinthians, in the book of Corinthians, it says, um, to the weak I became as weak, that I may win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I may by all means save some. So it tells me that even though he was God, he actually had all of the feelings of fear and all of the feelings of doubt that us humans have. So he understood um, what it means to be forsaken or to feel let down, even though um, in his God nature, he knew that that was not the case. But his human nature still adapted those feelings and he knew how we felt right. when we experience grief or when we feel like God himself has let us down. So to ask me if I had a situation like, yes, um, I did. I can remember um, April the 21st, 2000. Oh, yeah. oh, you really remember because you have dates. Yes. So that means you <laughs> definitely remember. Yes. April the 21st, 2000. It was a good Friday. Okay. That was the day that my father passed away. Oh, wow. Sorry about that. That mm -hmm. was the day that my father passed away, and I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, Gandhi, that left a mark yes. on my life. Oh, wow. It took me about two to three years to get over the hurt and the grief. And if I was to sit here and say that I was not mad at the world and um, the doctors and, and even God, I would be telling you a lie. Um, for, for a long time, I, I felt as if 
God, you know, what's happening? What's happening? You know, me and you ain't mad. <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, what's happening? You know, my dad, um, he had a massive heart attack. Okay. We had just come from the Good Friday service. He was supposed to be preaching for the Easter Sunday service while preparing his sermon, reading the Bible wow. in his bedroom. Um, he had this heart attack. <laughs> and it's so funny because I was um, outside at the time because our church was supposed to be having a retreat um, that night. And I was there waiting on, on my ride um, to pick me up. And that's when I heard my mother cry out. And by the time I got in the room, dad was already gone. Wow. And I tell you, um, Gandhi, that dad left a mark on my life for a very long time. Um, I had an unforgiving spirit. Um, as a result of that, um, I felt like I, I wasn't good enough um, for a lot of reasons because my father was that affirmation figure wow. um, in my life. You know, he was the one that, that made me feel like I was somebody. You right, know, he, right. he was proud of my accomplishments. And since that time, you know, the Lord has placed other father figures That's in right. my life. But I always remember the enemy reminded me of a conversation that my dad had just days before um, he passed away. He sat me right in the living room because I had just lost a job that I was working on at the time. And he said to me, Andon, don't worry, I'll always be there. Wow. For you. And that was one of the things that played over, over and over and over. And that's why I truly felt forsaken. I felt forsaken. And, you know, at one point, I just felt like giving up on God, giving up on ministry, because I'm like, I'm doing all of this, you know. But at the same time, um, this is what God allowed to happen in my life. So, Candy, to ask me if I have been there, I can definitely say that I've been there. I know what it is to have the feeling of being forsaken. Oh, wow. Brother Anton, I, I mean, I didn't really, I've never heard that story from you before. And and certainly that is is in itself a very traumatic experience at 18 to lose your father, especially considering the relationship that you had. And you said he, he served as an affirming father. He was there to validate you. And that's so important in a young man's life. And like you said, a lot of times there are persons that, question whether or not Jesus was able to to feel emotions or feel our emotions, you know, and I, I'm reminded of when he wept. I don't suspect he wept because he was happy <laughs> when he wept, you know, in the story of Lazarus. And just moments before we get to this particular text, we see where he's in the gardens of Get in the Garden of Gethsemane crying out, if it is possible, you know, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, you know. But now my will. And then we get to this point where you see, we hear him crying and, and there's a lot of people, there's a lot of theologians that said he's in this state of, of feeling so forsaken because he has our sins, the sins of the world upon him that, that, that then makes him feel this distance between God as we sometimes feel a distance between God when we are in sin. And so I want you to, to, because we're just getting into this conversation, but we are already at the end of this session. And perhaps somebody's listening to us right now. Perhaps there's somebody listening to us right now. If there's somebody that is in a traumatic experience or going through a very long moment where, like you had said at one point, you, you know what 
that is to feel forsaken by God. What words of encouragement do you want to leave with that person? What I would definitely say to a person who is at that point where they feel forsaken, first of all, you have to remember that you have to trust God. When you can't understand the things that he allows to happen in your life, you have to trust him to know that the end, in the end, there's going to be victory for you. And you may say, well, Antoine, that's easier said than done. How can I trust God after I just lost my spouse or I just lost my mother or I just lost my child? In some cases, it, it might have happened like me. It happened suddenly. And you you know you ain't into hearing nobody tell you about trusting God at that particular moment. But I'm telling you, you have to be able to release that hurt. And maybe it may not happen overnight. And it goes right back to your prayer life. Every night um, when I had an opportunity to pray, I had to release more wow. and more of the hurt. And there were situations that I had to go through and God had to reveal himself to me and explain to me why he had to take my father at the time. And those things would not have happened if I wasn't constantly talking to God. If I had just folded up and say, I'm just done with God. I'm not going to pray to him. I don't even want to hear what he have to say. I would never have understood his plan, his plan. And today I can truly say that I love God with all of my heart, and I understand, even though I still miss my father today, but I can see the reason why, the reason why he allowed him to go at the time that he did, and what he has done in my life, in the life of my siblings, and in the life of my family at large. Um, I, I understand what he's done. It's all a result of me trusting in God. So my advice would be to as you go through grief and as you go through the hurt, remember that God is still in control. Even when you can't see it, when you can't feel it, remember those are the times that he is nearest unto you. And you have to trust entirely on him and just continue to talk to him so that he can reveal his purpose and his plan for your life, even in the midst of that hurt. Thank you so much for that, Brother Anton. I thank you for encouraging those who may be tuning in today. And I want to, to say, you know, you have not left a stone unturned. Certainly, it begins with us trusting God, even yes. in the midst of when we're not tracing him in those moments. And if you're listening to us this evening and you want to share this with somebody out there, you can feel free to share, like, and subscribe. Brother Anton, you will be back with me next week because we're going to go into just looking at the scripture a little bit more. Yes. Thank you for being with me today and thank you for listening. Until next week, God bless you.